It is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to hang out with Megan Lindsay over Zoom video. You might recognize Megan from The Voice, or she was also on the show Can You Duet? Megan was born in New Orleans and raised just outside of New Orleans in a small suburb. And she talks about how she got into music, always a fan of singing, always singing. Really, since uh, she could speak, she was singing. Took piano lessons as a young girl, but really wasn't too interested in, in piano. Always loved to sing, was in different choirs and choruses all the way through high school and uh, middle school. She also had a band while she was in high school. She eventually moved to Nashville and was hosting a karaoke night in downtown, which led her to meeting her ex-boyfriend, which ended up being half of Steel Magnolias. They were on the show, Can You Duet? They won the show. She talks about that. Getting signed to Big Machine Recordings, a major label, how that experience went. Eventually, they went their separate ways. Megan started her solo career. She talks about getting a phone call from The Voice. She ends up doing The Voice, making it all the way to the very end. She was the runner-up, which she said was a blessing because she was able to not be signed to the record label by doing it that way. And she's the first person to ever perform her own song on The Voice at the finale. She talks about working with her now husband, who's an incredibly talented producer and songwriter. We hear about the pop record she put out called Bold Like a Lion, writing the theme song to the new Queer Eye season, which is on Netflix. She tells us about the, the new song she's writing with her husband, the duets they've been doing together, and all about the brand new song she just wrote, which brings her back to her New Orleans roots. It's called If You Need Me, Don't. You can watch our interview with Megan on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It would be awesome if you subscribe to our channel like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bring Him Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it would be amazing if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Megan Lindsay. I appreciate you doing this. My name is Adam. And hey, Adam. this is about you. Oh, awesome. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Of course. I can't wait to hear your story. This is about your story and journey in music and how you got to where you are now. And I love the new songs you've been putting out in the most recent one. And I just watched the video and. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, awesome. Um, I love the songs you're putting I out. I like them. <laughs> oh, nice. And I saw on your Instagram, it just says dogs and cats. Like the first thing. <laughs> A lot of that. Yeah. Yep. I love it. Um, <laughs> yeah. I love the songs you put out with your husband too. The, thank the you. most recent ones. Yeah. Those are the beautiful songs. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Those are great. Um, are you in that? You're in Nashville, correct? Yeah. I live in Nashville. Oh, cool. I just moved here about a year ago, a little over a year ago. Oh, really? Cool. Where'd you move from? Uh, San Diego, California. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love San Diego, man. I really do. It's great. Um, yeah, we, my wife and I and our two kids, we, my wife and I were born and raised there. I moved to San Francisco for a little while and then back to San Diego. And uh, we were California our whole life until we moved out here about a year ago, a year ago in February. So. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. I love the weather there. Just the, the beach, everything. Yeah, awesome. I love it here, to be honest. Like, I love the changing weather. Yeah, the fact that, like, my kids saw snow, like, legit for... Like, I mean, you yeah. see snow and like in the, you know, little bits in the mountains of California, but not like here. I mean, it just snows out in the front yard. I mean, it was crazy. Right. Yeah. I guess if you're not used to it. It's probably really cool. <laughs> <laughs> you're over it. <laughs> yeah. My no, neighbors across the street are from Chicago and they're like, oh, I thought I moved to a place that doesn't snow. <laughs> doesn't have snow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> We love it here. It's amazing. Um, cool. So you are originally from, a, is this a small town in Louisiana, right? Well, I was born in New Orleans and I kind of spent okay. half of my growing up time there. And then we moved to Ponchatoula, which is like a suburb of New Orleans. It's, but it's, it's small. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I saw on like, I think it was on Wikipedia. It had like less than 8,000 people. Yeah. It's very small. <laughs> I was like, whoa. <laughs> the good thing is New Orleans is close enough to drive. So you're not like, you know, totally oh, okay. in the sticks. 
That's you at least good. have a city and it's a really cool city. So oh, sure, sure, sure. Okay, so you're close. You'd go into to New Orleans all the time. I go into then. New Orleans all the time, yeah. Uh, okay, right on. What was it like growing up there? It was um, <laughs> in Ponchatoula. Um, yeah, or New Orleans. I mean, I guess you're close all enough. All of it. It was great. Yeah. I didn't realize that we were so like weird, you know, like until you move out. <laughs> When you move out and you go to a normal city, you're like, oh, wow, we're really strange. Like, we've got a lot, you know, of things going on. A lot happening. <laughs> a lot of culture <laughs> that I didn't realize was not like normal things that people just, I just thought parades during the day were normal, you know? <laughs> yeah, sure. I love yeah. the the sound. I mean, the, the music in New Orleans is beautiful. It's amazing. And I can kind of hear that in the new records you've been put, or at least a new song that you put out. Yeah, that's kind of like the new theme, I guess, for the all the new music is like getting back to like my roots and bringing in like horn players and horn sections and stuff to kind of make it feel like that vibe and authentic. And my really good friend, John Jackson, is from like up the street where I'm from. We grew up like right down the road from each other. And he uh, we, we reconnected like later in life, like didn't even realize we had, we knew each other, but he was like mm-hmm. my husband, one of my husband's best friends. And uh, wow. so, so we reconnected and then we were like sitting there one day and we're like, I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, I think you came to my house when I was a kid with your dad. And we like, like put all the pieces together and we're like, Whoa. oh my God, like we totally hung out when we were kids, like just because we were on this like um, talent show circuit together um that's but, wild yeah, so we kind of pieced it back together and then now he like plays with like he plays with macy gray he just did a thing with will smith and he's just like an insane arranger horn player keys and so um i called him and he agreed to put all the horn arrangements on my project and that's awesome he's, yeah he's like real real louisiana you know is your husband from there as well no. Oh, okay. He just their best it. friends. I didn't know if they were like grew up together as well, and then well, it'd be like even more crazy. Belmont. They met at Belmont. Oh, okay. But that um, but yeah, no. Uh, Tyler's from Virginia. Okay. Um, by way of he's kind of moved around a lot because he was in the his dad was in the service. So. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Nice. Well, how did you get into music originally? I I mean you know it's like this as a kid you know just like didn't really want to do anything else and just started singing like super super young you know as soon mm-hmm. as i could talk i was singing and um wanted to be you know doing talent shows and all the whole thing and put a band together when i was in high school so wow. i was doing like a lot of i was gigging a lot actually through high school playing like i mean all, bars and then also like <laughs> festivals and um you know singing in church and that kind of stuff and then um yeah i just kind of decided that's what i wanted to do mm-hmm did you, were you putting piano lessons or anything like that in early age? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> dreadful? Okay, yeah. Oh, dreadful. <laughs> I hated piano lessons. Yeah, I hated that. I didn't, I mean, to be honest, I didn't really enjoy any of my music lessons growing up. Other, I had a, um, I had a choir teacher I really liked um, when I first started. I was in like junior high and they were bringing me to the high school to sing in the choir because mm-hmm. um, they didn't have like enough people (laughs) and the eight thousand town town. (laughs) yeah they're like well this girl's in junior high but she sings good so we're just gonna bust her over during the choir hour so i was doing it pretty i started doing that early so i had a really good choir teacher that i liked and then he left like right as i got in high school but um yeah they i I sang in all um parts of the choir they had me as like i sang tenor one year just because they didn't have enough boys so (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> whoa whoa okay well obviously you're amazing vocalist so it's like well she's way better probably than everyone else so we'll just put her around yeah that's funny so yeah. obviously you did chorus choir through you know your your elementary yeah. i mean middle school high school years you were in a you said you're in a band what is your what was your band like what did you guys sound like and it was well it was me but it was like i had i had this it was like literally me and like for like, I mean, at the time to me, very old men, <laughs> you know, <laughs> they're like in their like, early twenties. <laughs> yeah. I mean, probably No, they were like forties, fifties, okay. uh, but they had been playing, you know, the new Orleans circuit for a long time. So it was good. They were really good players. And, um, yeah, I just like, I, it was more like cover gigs, but then I started getting mm. into songwriting in high school. So I would throw in some of my, some of my originals and stuff, but it was, it was mostly kind of like a soul 
kind of, you know, little soul, a little country, just kind of a blend of different things, which is kind of what I am now. I feel like so. (laughs) Did you go to college for music at all? I went to one semester at Belmont. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I was supposed to go to college for music. Um, Yeah, I kind of got here and I started working. um, I started working downtown originally, like as a karaoke host when I was like 18. Oh, uh, wow. Uh, yeah. I think I read where you were. Yeah. Um, where were you? You're right north of Broadway, right? On church. Uh, the oh, yeah. Bar, I I oh, yeah. Long, okay. That's where it was. I I, I saw that. Uh, yeah. Did you like working there? I've never been there, but I've heard like that. It's really like a cool thing. It's cool. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I remember going in there like when I was I just got to town and I met this girl um, and she was kind of wild, but she, she was older than me. And mm-hmm. she was like, hey, she was like, you just got to town. You need a job. And I was like, yeah, so she like, you know, she's like, follow me into this alley. <laughs> and I'm just oh, like, okay. Like, oh, <laughs> so what is this job? <laughs> yeah. What is this job? And it kind of looked like Printer's Alley. It's funny that I ended up there because Printer's Alley is really like the part of Nashville that actually looks like New Orleans. So it's like oh, it's this cool little spot. like, yeah, it's a really cool spot. It's changed a lot. I mean, it's very developed now, but at the time it was just like all these old rundown bars, but like, you know, the cobblestone and the whole thing. And I was like, oh, this is cool. This was like home to me. Mm-hmm. And so she was like, yeah, come in here, meet Lonnie. So I met Lonnie and then I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like an episode of, or it's like, it's like the movie Coyote Ugly. Like there's girls, <laughs> all of the bar singing and then like, so, you know, trying to make tips. And I was like, okay, well, this seems you know, at 18, I thought that was going to be really fun. Sure. Uh, like, Sign me up. Um, I can do this and make money. Great. So, um, yeah, I just got Lonnie's like, can you sing? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, it was literally like a movie. He was like, well, get up and sing and I'll give you a job. And I was like, okay. So I just got up and sang and he gave me a job. And yeah. what'd you sing? Do you remember? God, that's a good question. I'm trying to remember. Oh God, I don't remember. <laughs> I used to Susan Tedeschi, um, it hurts so bad a lot. I okay. remember doing that. I used to do that one. I used to do my, I did a version of Steamroller. That was kind of my own version. Um, okay. But a lot of like, like real singing stuff I would do just to make tips, you know? Sure, sure. What, did you have, you hosted, right? Karaoke night? Yeah. So was that yeah. kind of fun? Like, I I'd imagine you have to go, you know, get on the mic quite a bit and bring people up <laughs> and, and orchestrate the whole thing. Was, mm-hmm. Did that help with, you know, being like state yeah. presence and stuff or was that something was you already kind of had because like i was so used to being like i had been in a band at that point for like i guess five years or something mm-hmm. like all through like from the time i was like 13 to 18 mm-hmm. so um i was used to having like support and backup i guess and then when you do the karaoke thing is like you don't have anybody else on stage with you mm-hmm. so i feel like i did learn a lot just like having to be up there and talk and like entertain people without any assistance you know sure sure um <laughs> <laughs> well i'm i don't, I don't want to stay long in this at all i'm just curious because i know it's part of your story uh, with can you duet i mean obviously you're on the show and then that was with your band steel magnolia and yeah. what was it like just kind of like how did you get on that show like how did that work and then we'll yeah. move along okay i didn't know if it's a weird thing ex in printer's alley at karaoke like he came in and sang and that's how we met so okay (laughs) it's a good segue but um (laughs) but yeah we met we you know we started dating before we were doing music together he had like a three-piece rock band and i was kind of trying to do the country thing and so we were kind of doing different things and then we Mm -hmm. started writing together and the songs were more i mean really the thing the thing we kind of started doing as still magnolia was like indie rock like we ended up in london recording with this producer um who had who produced like has since like produced adele at the same time he was producing james morrison and so we were over there when i was like i mean i must have been like 20 years old 21 um that must have been a pretty cool you know experience like Like, rock star experience i was crazy (laughs) like we went we had this crazy manager i I know this is a lot of information but no, I no, I, this is what stories, I love. So. That's what I love. But I just didn't want to pry at you. <laughs> no, we had this. We, I mean, we had this guy we met, you know, through, I don't even know how we met this guy, but he was, um, he was from London and he was, um, he had managed some bigger bands back in the day. And so we're like, oh, cool. Like our first big opportunity. And we met this guy and he was like, I want to send you over to London. And uh, he's like, you know, this guy owes me a favor. And we're like, oh, okay, cool. 
And so we just go over there. I mean, with no money, like no money, like we ate Subway every day in London, like, cause we had, that was it, you know? And he's like, and they put us up in a, it was like an apartment above a bar that his friend owned. And they were having like illegal poker ring, like downstairs every night. And the guy picked us up in a Bentley with like, I mean, a full fur rings. Okay. I'm not even like registering that. Like, this is weird at all. And my ex is like, I think he's like in the mob. And I'm like, (laughs) and they were like favors. And then we find out while we're there that our manager had been in Spanish prison for four years. And then he was in the mob and it was a crazy, but you know, we got some good recordings. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Yeah, That was kind of how, I mean, that was like our, that was kind of how we started. And then we, broke up with that manager and we're like, what are we going to do next? And, um, we got, you know, I working downtown at, you know, Lonnie's, I met some guys who were doing the production on can you duet? And they're like, well, we don't have any involvement in the, um, in the casting. So they're mm-hmm. like, if you want to, but if you want to audition, come over. And so I just like, we waited in line, did the whole like cattle wow. thing, auditioned, and um made it through and kept kept going on that until you know the end we ended up winning and getting our record deal but huge i mean (laughs) that must have been a big i mean you've obviously succeeded through two of these shows now crazy Um, uh, yeah so crazy and with (laughs) you know you finish you get a record deal with big machine which is huge i mean at the time they probably still had taylor swift and you know yeah. yeah these big names and it's like was that overwhelming? Like, okay, we just, not only are you on a show, which was probably overwhelming in itself, then you win the show. And then they're like, here's a deal. Like, yeah. were you guys able to process that pretty easily? Or is that difficult? You kind of just go with it. You know, you don't really like, we weren't really thinking about it at the time. We were just like, okay, well, here's our shot, you know, and this is what we mm-hmm. have to do. And so, and I was so young that I could just do it. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> like, I had so much energy at the time, you know, I mean, I think I thought and good energy, but you know, not like that. Like it was crazy. Um, but yeah, you kind of just go with the flow and do whatever they tell you to do. Cause you're like, well, this is huge. And you know, they're putting so much money into you and like, mm-hmm. you're getting to do all the things. Like I literally had a bucket list of like, you know, all the things that I wanted to do in the year. I mean, not even in the year, I think I had like written it as like my life goals and like, it ended up, I ended up checking all the boxes within a year. Wow. Just like, everything I wanted to do. Like I wanted to play the Opry. I wanted to play at Titan stadium. I wanted to like be on Letterman like all these things I did within one year, just kind of just, and I didn't, it was always an out of body experience. Cause it's like, you're just going so hard that you're not really like, I was so tired. I wasn't as present as I probably would have liked to have been, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I mean, it was like, it was, gr- it was awesome. And then it was also like, there was that whole like crazy, like, oh god you know am i even like enjoying this really kind of feeling mm-hmm. as well you know sure do you remember writing that list like when did you write that list was it pre I, the show i or? wrote it like right before can you duet oh yeah. wow that's yeah wow i got really into like you know the secret and like the vision boarding and all, vision boarding and i was like i'm in like i'm t- saying my man you know my mantras every morning and reading my list and then i just i just did it crazy that's so cool that's i it's funny you're this uh, i just uh interviewed someone the other day and they had similar a similar experience and i mean i've heard this a lot of times i even created a vision board like two years ago because i'm like this seems to be working (laughs) like this is crazy but i don't and i talked to somebody that isn't way into numerology and i've this is a couple i've brought this up twice now but i've do you know anything about numerology where it's like you, you yeah. take numbers for your name and then it like somehow figures out this yeah. weird algorithm of how, who you're supposed to be. And yeah. I'm just, I don't like buy into it, but it's weird in certain aspects well, of life. 11s have been a thing for me. Is it? Oh my, no way. Were you just, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I'm an 11. My wife yeah. is an 11. 11 is like the number of like, you can kind of see things happen. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they're going to happen. Mm-hmm. And then they happen. Yeah. It's so weird. That's, That's so weird thing. that you just said 11. My mind is like, <laughs> no, that was a thing. Like when I, when I did the voice, so like I 
was not planning on doing the voice. Like I didn't even know what I was doing. I was kind of lost to be honest with you. I was trying to do my music and put it out solo. This is after the steel Magnolia stuff dissolved. And I was in line at a Panera bread <laughs> ordering. And I got a phone call from one of the producers of the voice. And she was like, Hey, I just watched a YouTube video of you singing natural woman. Like we love you. Would you want to come audition for the voice? And I was like, I don't know if I qualify because I've had a record deal. Like, she's like, well, do you have mm. one now? I was like, no. And she's like, well, then you qualify. And I was like, uh-huh. okay, well, let me call you back. Cause I'm about to check out. And <laughs> so I'm literally in the middle of like my, so my broccoli cheddar's me. coming up. <laughs> right. I got to get the sandwich apparently I'm really bad. Um, but I, she checked me out. My total was 11, 11. And, um, I was like, hmm, like maybe I should go, you know, because <laughs> I have it wow. on my neck. It's like a thing. Do you really? Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Did you know you do you know that you, are you an eleven when it comes to the numerology thing? I don't even know. <laughs> you so should sad. look it up. I, would I just bl- know that like my friend Julie, who's a I write a lot of songs with, like that sort it was a thing for her. And then I started seeing it. And um, you know, I'd go to the gas station and I'm thinking about something, and then my total would just stop at eleven eleven and it was like my gas tank wasn't even full. Like crazy stuff like that. It was just like Whoa. signs, you know. So I kind of just always the sign that like it's it's the right thing to do. Like I need to move on that track. And uh-huh. so I called her back and that was on like a Thursday. And she's like, okay, we're going to fly you out Tuesday, you know? And I just went, but I wasn't really, yeah, I didn't know, you know, I didn't know. Yeah. I was like, so like, Oh God, what am I doing? But I just did it. You know, I'd be so curious if you did that test, if it, if you were an 11 also like my, like th- they would make, it's, it would be way too weird. I'd be like, are we like in some simulation here? <laughs> like what is wrong? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Are. Okay. So the, I, I mean, Steel Mag- no, uh, Steel Magnolia ended up, you know, you guys broke up or you went in your yeah. solo career and how much, how many years passed between that and then getting the voice call? Well, we, we broke up and, oh, actually we broke up while we were in the middle of touring. So we were actually supposed to be going out with Reba in like two weeks to open. Oh, wow. Yeah. And my ex, um, you know, he had some substance abuse issues. And so he ended mm-hmm. up going to rehab. And Scott's like, okay, well, you're still going to do the tour, you know, Scott Rosetta. And I'm like, great. How am I going to do this? I'm like, you know, I'm just heartbroken in the middle of like the worst time of my life, like just so gutted. And I'm like, okay, great. Now I have to go do this by myself um, while he's in rehab. (laughs) And I ended up calling a friend, um, James Otto, who was a country singer, real soulful, great voice. Um, So he came out and did a few songs with me and then. I did the rest of the show, but, um, so that was, that was helpful, but I mean, it was brutal, like going through that and having to get on stage every night. And then at the time, like we were kind of at the height of our career where we had like, you know, mm-hmm. in a top five single on country radio. Mm-hmm. And so people are like actually talking about the fact that he's in rehab, you know, and E news and all these things. And, um, so I was doing these shows every night and then I'd have to go out and do meet and greets and talk to people and smile. And I was just, um, and I was so, you know, I was like 23 years old or something, 24. So it was, uh, it was hard. That part oh, was yeah. really, really hard. And, um, once I was done with that, we ended up, um, you know, we ended up leaving our, our deal. Uh-huh. Um, and we were gonna just end the whole thing and not tour anymore. And then I think it, about a few months passed and we were like, okay, like we need money. Like we have to get back out and tour. So we went back out together for I don't know, maybe a year of dates. And then I finally had to make that decision. Like, okay, if I want to have a solo career, if I want to like break away from this like toxic thing, you know, cause mm-hmm. it was very, you know, even though oh, once sure. was so toxic, um, I was like, I have to make that hard decision and just do it. And so, yeah, I think we played our last, our last gig was like a cruise ship gig, <laughs> <laughs> um, which is kind of a cool way to go that out. That is actually. cool. Yeah, for yeah, sure. So we, we did that. And then when we, when we got back, I was like, I made that decision. And then there was like, I mean, I don't know, maybe a year that passed where I was like, what did I do? Like, was this mm-hmm. the right decision? Cause I'm just like trying to, you know, nobody knows me. They know the band, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to have a career now with no support and like, you know, I'm not on big machine anymore. I don't have the luxury of like having these insane budgets and, but I'm still trying to do everything at that level, which is mm-hmm. really hard as an indie artist, you know, when you have, mm-hmm. especially when you're like in your twenties and you 
you know, I don't, at that time, I don't think I had a job. I think I was just trying to do like little gigs to make money, you know? Mm-hmm. So that was, it was a struggle, but I, you know, I think it was probably a year or two after um, we broke up that I got that call to do the voice. Okay. Like when we really broke up. <laughs> right. Um, right. And uh, I just was like, you know what, what am, what am I doing? You know, why not? Like there was part of me that was very apprehensive about it. Cause I'm like, I already had a career. People know who I am. If I go on there and I don't get a chair, like my career's probably over. (laughs) Right. That's probably the end of it. You know, that's like in my head, that's what I'm thinking. Cause I'd seen, I'd had friends that had gone on who had had record deals and didn't get a chair. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, didn't get anybody to turn around. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's such a weird thing. Obviously it it shouldn't dictate how your career can continue, but I, I would imagine it would be very like heartbreaking to be like, Oh, you know, obviously, well, I don't, I you know, I don't have like this or whatever. Artist, if you were like a new artist that no one had ever heard of, like, I don't think it would be that big a deal. Cause it's just like, okay, right. whatever. Try it. I'll try again. But if you're like, if you'd had hits on the radio, I feel like it's like, okay. Like, you think it would you just be like, yeah, you, you should make that? it through. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. Wow. Right. And I would think like even just going and doing that tour after, you know, he had gone in, into treatment and yeah. having to do the meet and greets in probably magazines and all these people are having, you have so much attention just asking you constantly about that. Like, so yeah. blah, blah, blah. And you're like, oh my gosh, like, how do I answer this stupid question for the 10 millionth time? Like yeah. I would bet that that had to just be so draining. It was really, I really felt like I had the weight of the world, like on my shoulders at that time. I think I was really, really exhausted and just emotionally and physically everything. I was just so tired. I wasn't eating. I was like, I was going through like that, you know, you just go through this terrible breakup in your like twenties with the person that you think you're like so in love with that's your soulmate. It was like that, but like, I didn't have the luxury of just like going to my bedroom for two weeks and crying. Like I had to like go out smile and, on and perform and be on constantly. Right. And so, um, it was really, really hard. It was really, really hard. Yeah. It was probably good for me though. Cause I, I, I wouldn't have thought like I could do that until you just have to do it. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, okay, well I'm, you know, I'm a bad bitch. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Right. <laughs> And then, so you, you move on to your, your, you get on the voice, you make it past the chair, you get on for, you've choose Pharrell Williams, I think, right? Yeah, your, I think so. uh-huh. Which is awesome. And then some, you do what the battle and then you didn't win, but then Blake Shelton pulls you back. Like, tell me that a little real quick. I mean, don't. <laughs> yeah, you know, no, that on, was really interesting. I, um, I went on wanting to be on Pharrell's team and then you know they waited obviously until the last freaking note of my blind audition to turn around which was terrifying but um (laughs) but I got I got three chairs I picked Pharrell and then um yeah and then I I ended up you know not winning the battle and I got three people who wanted to steal I was Christine Aguilera Adam Levine and Blake all were trying to steal me and I was like you know what I'm gonna go with the I'm gonna go with Blake because He's, he's just a good, he's a good dude. Sure. You know, you just mm-hmm. know he's a good person and like, he'll take, you know, care of mm-hmm. you. And like, I don't know. It just felt and like then, a good, the right thing to do. And then you make it all the way until you get second. I mean, how crazy is that? They wanted to vote you off in the battle round. You get saved mm-hmm. by, so obviously something, three people there were like, yo, we need to take her. And then you make it all the way to the, the very end. That's crazy. Crazy. Yeah. I didn't know how it was going to go. You know, there's so many good, the thing is like, you don't even see all the talent that's actually on the show. Like there's so much on this that makes the cut. And then there's so much that doesn't, that doesn't make mm-hmm. any sense. So you're right. like, Oh my God, this person's amazing. And they didn't even make it past whatever. So I was like, you just really don't know what to expect. I was like, Oh God, you know, who knows, you know? Yeah. Those are what? interesting show. I mean, I, I forgot who it was. There's been a couple of people I've talked to that were on like American Idol that like didn't make it the first two or three times. And they go back and then they're like almost the winner. And it's like, how did yeah. that, it's crazy how that even happens. Yeah, but, it doesn't um, make a lot of sense, but so you perform. You're the only one. I don't know at this point, but to date, when you did it, you were the only one to do an original song at the end, right? Yeah, yeah, Which, that that's a done. bold move. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> right? yeah, I'm about the bold moves. Um, yeah, I was just on. I was on there, and I was like, you know, it got to the it got to the finale, and I was like, I really want to perform my own songs. I feel like, it, to be honest with you, I consider myself 
as much a songwriter as I am a singer and an artist. Mm-hmm. At that point, yeah. I had a publishing deal and written song, written a lot of songs, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, I just went to Blake. I sent him this song and I was like, look, I really, really want to do this in the finale. I'm like, you know, and he, he was like, let me hear it, you know, and see if it seems like a good finale song. And he was like, yeah, he's like, this is he was really encouraging. He was like, he's like, this is as good as anything we would give you. He was like, I don't know why you couldn't do this. So wow. he kind of went to bat for me with the producers on allowing me to, to do that. And um, yeah, it was cool. It was a really cool moment as, for me, you know, as a songwriter and then my co-writers, it was really cool, you know, for them as well. Mm-hmm. So. That's massive, right? I mean, a lot of people would assume that it's kind of on song choice who, who advances. I think a lot of it, I mean, at least for, I remember for American Idol, some people, a guy did, I remember a guy did, he had a really good voice. This is 10 plus years ago. He sang like a Ryan Adams song that like I knew, but probably 90% of America was like, what is this song? Is and, then this? He, yeah. Yeah, and then he didn't advance. I'm like, well, yeah. Cause you got to yeah, sing something that people, song. Yeah, yeah. Like if people can move, they know. And yeah. so choosing a song that was your own, that's really, uh, it was a bold move and amazing that you were, that he like co-signed it and was like, yeah, this is great. Go ahead and do yeah. it. I think that it, the key was like the point in the show when I decided to do it. Cause I was like, well, I'm already like in the finale. So mm-hmm. at this point it's like, even if I don't make it any farther, I'm cool with that. And at least I go out like being authentically myself, like totally me. Like, sure. okay, this is who I am as an artist, you know? So that's, that's kind of how I was looking at it. But yeah, I wouldn't have probably done it for my blind audition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that might have been a bold, even more bold of a movie. <laughs> that would have been a real bold movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so after the show, you just go back and hit the pavement writing more and more songs. Is that kind of what happened? Yeah, I kind of, um, you know, before I had gone out there, I was working on an EP. And so I was pretty much, I had that pretty much in the bag, like done, ready to go. Um, so that was kind of my, my goal was to get my EP out as soon as I could after the show ended. Cause I feel like mm-hmm. a lot of people, a, my goal was to not win. <laughs> B, my goal was to not get the record deal. Oh, and then that's C, smart. My goal was to put out my own music independently. And so, um, and I do think that is the luxury of being like a little bit older and having been in the music industry that I kind of knew all of those things, you know, a lot of mm-hmm. people go on there and they're like 16 and they just are like, Oh, this is the greatest thing ever. I get to like be on the show. And they don't think about like the fact that they shelve all the artists that they sign, you know, and they don't mm-hmm. put any music out. And then it's just becomes this um, thing where you're like, you're just sitting and waiting and nothing happens. And so um it wasn't the deal that I wanted. Um, and it also, they have that option. They can sign you. Like, I think they have like six weeks to sign you after the show can, ends. Can you deny the, the offer or no, no? You, you sign it at the beginning. So oh, it's wow. up to them if they want to option it or not. And so my, it was funny because my husband, um, now my husband was my boyfriend at the time. We were like uh-huh. coming up with ideas. We're like, just tell him you're pregnant. <laughs> so, <laughs> just tell me you're going yeah. to rehab. They won't want to sign you. It's cool. Just tell me you have a drug call. Yeah. Any reason to get them to not want to deal with me. <laughs> that's but, nuts. I didn't realize that they sign. Do they sign probably everybody or do they sign everyone that's in a certain, makes it to a certain level? They sign anybody in the top 10 who's 16 years old really or wow. my did. Yeah. yeah so i was 29 i think they weren't interested <laughs> <laughs> you're like perfect she, she can go and i'm like great so i just i put my ep out and it ended up like i mean i sold a lot like the first week because it was like right after the show uh-huh. so it was great like i pulled like I the up, lion is the record yeah, that, yeah okay. well no it was it was believer it was a oh, believer Believer. Yeah, I think it was like five or six songs. Okay. And I um I think I landed at like number three on the overall iTunes chart and the number wow. one country was super cool. Um yeah, so it was it was great. It was a great release to be independent, but it was mm-hmm. like it was it's because I did it right on the heels of the show, you know. Brilliant move. I mean, yeah. right? Yeah, it's like okay, <laughs> I have the attention now and I don't have to deal with this record label. I'm gonna just do this on my own and people are paying attention because I just came off the show at number two or yeah, that's awesome. Did you yeah. tour the record as well? And just kind of <laughs> keep, yeah, keep the momentum I, I, going. Um, I had a, an agent and I was, I went and, you know, that was the other thing I was, I was making moves. Like I wasn't like waiting for the show to end. I was like taking mm-hmm. meetings and doing things in between the times when we were flying to LA and back. So um, when I was coming back, I was working on this, this EP. And then I was also like taking meetings with CAA and Boy Morris, mm-hmm. which is, 
I don't know if you're supposed to, but I'm like, I'm not signing anything. And they're never yeah. going to So eh, whatever. I just did it. You know, <laughs> I was like, they don't care about you. You know, it's like, you have to care about yourself and make moves that are good on your behalf. And so I, um, yeah, you know, I even put a single, I probably shouldn't have done this either, but I even put a song out right before I signed the contract because I knew I was going out there and, um, the highway Sirius XM was playing it all through my time. Whoa. <laughs> totally probably against the rules as well, but it was, it was before I signed the contract. So I didn't, you know, it was like, I didn't agree to that till after. So I was like, well, I can't help it if they already have it and playing it. Right. Right. Exactly. That's crazy. You know? That's so crazy. So <laughs> well, you said your husband now is, was your boyfriend at the time. Does, did he help you work on that record? I know he oh, yeah. helped you yeah. write a lot of the newer songs, even with bold, like a lion. Was that something you both worked on together? Yeah. He produced it. And, um, yeah, we've, we've been writing together since we got, since we got together and he's an, an amazing like producer, you know, he just worked on an, you know, a Grammy nominated album this year and um, does a lot of, I mean, he produces a lot of artists, but um, at the time, I mean, he was like, you know, a touring musician, you know, um, playing guitar. I think he was playing guitar for like big and rich. And then he played with Billy Currington. And um, so we were apart a lot. Like I was doing my thing and he was doing his thing and we were trying to figure out how to see each other. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, he kind of decided he didn't want to be on the road as much and, got into production and just really did has done really well with that. Mm-hmm. With, but, uh, with both like a lion, that's that sound changed quite a bit. It was more like a pop mm-hmm. record, right? Yeah. I just kind of wanted to do something that I could really, really sing on. And um, mm-hmm. we just kind of wrote the songs and didn't really tr- try to think so much about like what it was um, just was kind of inspired. I'm a, I've always loved like girl pop. Mm-hmm. Um always wanted to make a record like that and so we just kind of went with it and did it and um my friend julie wrote a lot of the songs with us she's she's kind of she she wrote the the current single with us too so Mm -hmm. it's like i've always had a kind of like a a team and um we kind of just do our thing so and that record's still doing stuff right i saw that it was it's on station 19 like you're still getting syncs (laughs) things will just come out like like and then like they don't do anything and then like things will come back like you know, however many, it's probably been five or six years since that record came out. And then I got a call about, you know, this placement and, um, yeah, I wasn't even trying to get a placement. <laughs> it's just like, it's yeah. always the things I'm not trying to do that work out. So, <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. And the queer eye thing with the theme song, like, was that something that was like random I, or how, how did that happen? You know, it's all relationships. Like I, mm-hmm. my friend Jen um, is the executive producer on Queer Eye, but I mean, we were hanging out when she was, you know, still trying to figure out what her next move was and, you know, how, you know, she was going to, um, you know, what she was going to do. And she, I remember her telling me, you know, she was telling us when we were, we stay at their house when we were in LA a lot. She was mm-hmm. like, um, yeah, I'm going to bring Queer Eye back. And she was telling us about, you know, the idea for what she was going to do. And I was like, well, that's cool. You know, you, you wasn't really thinking much about it. I was like, yeah, I didn't really watch that show back in the day, but you know, I'd, watch, <laughs> I'd watch this version that you're telling me about because it sounded really cool. Just uh-huh. the moral compass of it all. Um, and so um, she, obviously she's brilliant and it worked out great and it became huge. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. she was like in the beginning, she was like, hey, do you guys want to take a stab at the theme song? And so we were like, cool. We went out and I mean, we did it, we did it so fast. And I listened back. I was like, Oh God, I don't know if this is like <laughs> years later, I'm listening back. I'm like, I don't know if this was great, but um, she came back to us. They, they passed on it, but they put it as a bumper on an episode. And then this season they came back and they were like, Hey, you know, you guys kind of did a cool like country disco version. They were like, we were going to Texas. It makes a lot of sense. They're like, can we, use the song so that's kind of it kind of just came back around like four years later wow yeah that's cool though that's really cool um and okay so the pandemic happens like where you have a song that came out the morning obviously in 2020 but Uh where were you guys at when that happened and then is that what kind of allowed more time to write the songs that you did write with your husband the duets on that and then the new song as well yeah it was you know it was like with everybody it's like we had this whole year planned and like shows and all these things and then you know everything canceled in a day so you know what do you do we actually had um we had a recording studio in barry hill that we were renting um 
but we, you know, we had the, we had the tornado in Nashville. And then the next week, oh, I think yeah. we had the derecho. It was like, it, which nobody talks about because everybody remembers the tornado, but it was like, it was like 95 mile per hour straight winds that came through. And I, I think it took six trees down at our house. And really? Then, I didn't hear about this. Oh, it was nuts. We were in our closet with our dogs, like freaking out. Cause I could hear the trees going. I'm like, Oh God, I hope a tree doesn't go through our house. And then, um, we wow. looked at each other, like, we got to go check the studio. So we went to the studio and a massive tree went through our studio, like right above our, you know, in our control room, like right above our equipment, our board, everything. The and one so, in Berry Hill. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So, and it was a flat roof. So when the tree went through, like all the water that had pulled on top of the roof, just poured into our equipment. Oh my gosh. Awful. So, and, but the pandemic, and this is right when the pandemic started. So it was like all of our business just canceled. All of our equipment is ruined. We have this tree through our studio. And at the time we were like wondering like, oh God, we just signed this three-year commercial lease on the studio because we were doing so well and we had a mm-hmm. lot of business and we were kind of like, oh God, what are we going to do? We can't pay this rent without making money, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so we, sorry, I think the UPS man is here. Oh, good. <laughs> um, so we, um, we were like, oh God, give us a sign. You know, what should we do? And then the tree went through the studio and it was like, well, I guess we're out of our lease at least. Sure. You know? <laughs> so we just tried to, you know, dry our, we dried our equipment out, moved our stuff out and then um, decided we should buy a place and build a studio. And that's what we did during COVID. <laughs> wow. So did you, you're able to salvage some of the gear? We were, and then the stuff we weren't able to salvage, actually music cares was super helpful. Um, the ACMs lifting lives. Like we had mm-hmm. a lot of support from those organizations. I think music cares, like re like they paid for all of the equipment that was lost. That's so we were able to, yeah, we were able to, uh, replace all of our stuff when we weren't, you know, we had two years of not working. So that was super mm-hmm. nice. Wow. Yeah. I forgot like Nashville had so much happen in that year. And then the bomb and on the bombing. Christmas, I know it was like, like so many things. What is going on? Awful. <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was, it was good though. We tried to make, you know, lemonade, you know, we're just like, okay, well, we know we're not going to work for however long we didn't know at the time it was going to be mm-hmm. as long as it was, but we were like, well, if we can like pull everything we can together to get a loan and buy a house, like this would be the time because we can show that we made money. You right, know? right. <laughs> I like we're like thinking like that. <laughs> and so uh, we kind of just went for it and it kept us really busy during the the um you know the lockdown and everything to be mm-hmm. you know building the studio and everything. So that was good. And we, you know, as soon as we got the studio, then we started working on music. And so we had a lot of time to write songs. So these songs <laughs> that we're hearing now or were those some of the mm-hmm. first ones you wrote in this new studio that you built. Yeah. Yeah. We wrote, we wrote, it's funny. I, Tyler makes fun of me. Cause I write a lot of stuff in the bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Like I wrote that song in the morning in the bathtub and woke Did up. Did you really? Mm-hmm, I woke him up at like midnight. I'm like, we have to go put this down right now. And he hates That's a me. great song. Thank you. Yeah. He hates it when I do that, but, um, <laughs> but he got up and he, he did it and it ended up, you know, it was probably the biggest um, TV placement I've ever had. I mean, we've ever had together. Cause it was like just this minute and 30 part of it was station 19 and it, someone had died on the show and it was like, there was no talking over it. It was just like, it was almost like a mini music video for the song, which was crazy. I feel like it was like my Grey's Anatomy moment or something, but um <laughs> But it was like just this song that I was just feeling like super. I mean, I was crying when I wrote it. I was so emotional. And um, I just wrote it all down. I think I wrote it in like 20 minutes. It was just like, it wasn't, it was like channeling more than it was me. But um, yeah, and I just woke Tyler up and went, we got to put this down. And he put one, one piano part. I sang it and that was it, you know? Wow. Wow. So, that's incredible. That was how a lot of songs happened, though. I feel like I was just like, and I just did, I kind of just didn't care. I, not that I didn't care, but I just was like, I'm just going to write stuff and record it and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And it kind of really, I think with COVID, it was like everything stripped back. Like you don't, like, I felt like I didn't really like, I'm like, what is my identity? You know what I mean? Like, who mm-hmm. am I? I feel like we were all feeling like that. Cause I'm like, who am I without like being on the road and interacting with people and like, um, you know, as a, who am I, if I'm not an artist, you know? 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of did a lot of deep, a deep dive into that. And that kind of brought me back to like my roots and like being in, you know, from new Orleans and like, you know, how special that is. I'm like, mm-hmm. I really need to be showcasing that more because that is honestly the truest, um, you know, thing for me as an artist. Like that's, that's where I'm like really, truly myself is when I'm doing this kind of music, you know, and it's easy. Okay. Yeah. Is that something you've ever like wrote or dived into or like, or was it mainly in the country lane or, and then the pop record, but like that more New Orleans style, like was, is this the first kind of go at it or did you have other songs that you wrote previously? I think I've had kind of like had that influence in them, but I've never Mm -hmm. like really gone this far into it. Like, okay, I'm just stripping it all back. I'm doing Mm -hmm. something that's completely authentic and I don't like, I'm not worried about country radio. I'm not worried about, you know, I'm not thinking an agenda. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to make music that I really want to make. So this is, I mean, truly, this is the first time I've truly done that. Like I've said, I've done it before, (laughs) but I'm always in the back of my head going, Oh God, can we get this played on, you know, whatever. Can we get this? Right. Well, you kind of have to think that way, right? I mean, yeah, that's I mean, the way to, to survive and the, the yeah. business. But if you're if you're in the middle of COVID and there's no work anyways, it's like, <laughs> right. okay, well, let's just make a project that's completely authentic, you know, mm-hmm. and not worry about it. And honestly, I feel like those kinds of records are the ones that resonate the most. And people people know like when you're not being, you know, mm-hmm. completely yourself, you know. Right. They can see it. So I think it, I think it resonates better with people when you're just being your true authentic self anyways. It's a great song. And wow, does it, it showcases your voice so well. It's like, whoa, okay. Mm. If you didn't know that Megan could sing like that, now you do. Like, it's like, whoa, Mm. like it's it's such a cool, and the video's rad. Like the, the, you're swinging on that chair and I'm (laughs) in your husband's what playing piano in the video. That's actually my, my friend, Jeremy. And he, is he? Cause I couldn't see him. Cause there's the back of his head. head. (laughs) It was was kind of a joke. Cause he was there. And I was like, dude, you should just put a jacket on and play piano. Like, Uh, like, okay. I know, but I just assumed um, it was your husband. I'm like, oh, that's the back of somebody's head. It's probably him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's my husband, Jeremy. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's so funny. funny. So Wait, with I... sorry, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, I was gonna ask you about the 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 songs that you've released with your husband. Are you working on a project? Does it do that together? Because those are great we songs. Just been put, you know, we just like all write something and we're like, hey, we should put this out, you know. And we started out doing a du- duet and then I don't know. We've done so much of this, like, oh, we're gonna do a duo thing, and then like, we're like, but why would we do a duo thing? Because we both have like our own things that are doing like do really well. Wow. And we have yeah. followings on Spotify, and so then we started doing it as like Tyler Kane featuring Megan Lindsay or Megan Lindsay featuring Tyler Kane, and that seems mm-hmm. to be like a smarter idea. Um, right? Yeah, we're kind of we kind of just do it like here and there. Like we're like, okay, let's put this like this song we wrote is a duet and we'll put something out, you know, but we're not like, we're not like focused on like, this is a project we're doing. It's more like, I'm going to do my thing. He's been doing his. And then sometimes we'll come together and do stuff. Okay. Yeah. Cause your voices sound so great together. I mean, I'm Thank like, well, this is, this should be like a project. And I didn't know if Thank it already you. was or, but yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, so the new, the, the song, the, the most recent one, is that going to be a part of an, an EP that you have? together is you're just going to be putting singles out or what's the, the plan? that was kind of just a, a, a single we put out he wrote that song um it was has anybody ever told you is that the one you're talking about i think no i'm talking actually sorry if you know if you need me don't oh, I'm, if you I'm need going, me don't. yeah oh, okay, yeah yeah sorry. no i'm no, i know that, i'm all over the place <laughs> that's okay no um has anybody ever told you or, or if you need me don't oh my gosh is um that that's the single right now but that is like a part of a bigger project i'm gonna i'm actually gonna put a full album out at the end of the year really but yeah i'm gonna have a couple singles and then put the i think i'm gonna put the album out but i just have so many songs i'm like i have so many songs and i just have been working on it for like you know a year and a half i'm like let's mm-hmm. just put it on an album why not that's cool because not a lot of people are doing that anymore so i i respect no that. and i'm probably awesome. stupid for doing it <laughs> no 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 i think it's rad and then i love because i love listening to a whole album and i love the song placement and the, the amount of like like detail that will go into why you know this song goes into this song or why you pick this as the last song like i think there's something so special about all that 
Absolutely. No, I agree. Totally. And I obviously as a kid, it's like, I was so into albums and listening mm-hmm. to the entire thing and right. reading. I mean, I was like the kid in my bedroom reading the liner and I was like, who worked on this? You know? Right. Right. Who, who are they thanking in here? Cause I'm going to go look those bands up. Or, yeah. You know, I want to yeah. look those people up. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I think that's awesome. Well, that's so cool. And thank you so much, Megan, for doing this. I really, really, really yeah. appreciate it. No, I appreciate you having me on. It's awesome. <laughs> I have one more quick question. I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. <laughs> um, <laughs> I made a lot of mistakes, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I do a program at the country music hall of fame with, um, high school kids. I actually been doing it a lot lately where I go, my husband and I both go and we bring recording equipment and we write with them and we record a song with them in, a, in like an hour. And they always ask wow. me, they're like, do you have any advice for us? And I'm, I think the main thing I always say is to just so much of this business is relationships and how you treat people. I mean, it's just, it sounds cheesy, but it's true. Like it's like truly every good thing that has ever happened to me was because of a relationship that I made. And it may have been with someone who like wasn't in their position at the time, you know, but they end up at this, in this position and, um, you know, people want to work with their friends and they want to help people who are kind. And I feel like that's super, super important. Um, and then the other thing, obviously, is to just, you know, figure out what your thing is and do that, you know, and do it, be the best at that, you know, because I feel like a lot of the times artists are trying, and I'm guilty of this as well, is like I'm trying to follow a trend or like I'm like, oh, well, right now, whispering, like whisper singers are in, like I can do that but is that who I am? You know, it's like, my voice is like really big and soulful and that's what I do. And that's where I, where I'm my best, you know? And so like, I'm probably best to like, not try (laughs) try to be like this whispery, you know, singer songwriter is not my thing. So yeah, I think that's kind of the two pieces of advice I would, I would give is to just, you know, be kind and figure out what you do and do that.